you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. And thanks for tuning in to HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. I'm so excited to introduce you to our next guest. We have Kevin Dawson. And so I am excited because he's very similar to me. He's a leadership development and and culture consultant and also an awesome executive producer and host of a fantastic podcast, Leaders and Loggers. And wow, we just, we have a lot in common. So I'm excited to see where our conversation goes today, but welcome. Well, Jada, thank you for uh, inviting me onto the show. I'm very excited about uh, talking about leadership culture and sharing with you, uh, your listeners, about what I'm really passionate about when it comes to those things. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to have you on the show because you know today we're we're talking a little bit more about you know building for the future, right? Leadership and culture development, and right now we are approaching the end of the year, and it's been a doozy. So. Yep. <laughs> and really, I mean, there's not much more to say about that. It's been a doozy in 2020. And really, as we're looking ahead for leaders, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm getting our clients prepared now for even what does leadership look like in 2021? And, you know, I want to hear from you about some of your feedback and advice that you're giving to your clients and leaders right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, for a lot of organizations this year has been a, a major wake up call in how they develop their leaders and their teams. I think a lot of people have felt very decentralized, but at, at its core, great culture in its purest form is decentralized. Mm-hmm. And so for, for organizations and leaders to understand what that means is you've got to be okay with your team being decentralized and being um, unsiloed and, and having multiple touch points because the organizations for the next several decades are going to have to learn to be adaptable. And I wouldn't say flexible because a friend of mine once told me, said, I, I need you to be fluid because when you're flexible, you're still too rigid. And so having that fluidity and not, and not necessarily like, you know, rushing water, but you got to be able to move and adapt and change as things come at you. And I think for a lot of organizations, 2020 and all the things that we've learned um, have kind of shown us that we've got to learn to be much more adaptable. And so for a lot of the organizations that I've been working with, we've been really working on building their adaptability. How well can they be fluid? How well can they shift the conversation and understand that the world isn't as the way it used to be. And so with that, you know, there is some resiliency that is being learned um, for a lot of people. And they're having to really rely on their and trust their teams more than ever before, because you don't have as much opportunity now to kind of sit over someone's shoulder to see, hey, are you being productive today? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I think that's, that's really how leaders have been pressed this this year one of the ways but it's really being able to pivot right and right how from a leadership or from a company perspective 
And that's been tested, tried and tested. But we're going to continue to see this. This is just, you know, even my prediction into 2021. We're going to continue to see how well companies and leaders can pivot and then build that resiliency to being fluid. I mean, I know that that, and I don't want to throw out a lot of uh, buzzwords, but it's just the truth about how the complexity of everything that's going on from a business practice perspective. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've seen organizations really struggle this year um, where they've had a, a very traditional hierarchical structure. And as they've kind of had teams separate in order for them to survive, they've had to learn, oh, I need to be able to allow my team to talk to other business departments in order for us to survive. And then I've also seen leaders who have, have failed drastically doing this because they've, they've felt like, well, in order for us to succeed, we need to really press harder on our teams. And that's not really the case. For a lot of organizations, they put a lot of emphasis on developing leaders, but leadership and management training is not leadership development. Mm, that's, oh, that's deep, Kevin. All right. So tell me more about that. What is, what is leadership development from your perspective? So, so leadership development is more of the practical. I, I, I feel like organizations will spend a lot of time and effort um, doing leadership training or, or talent development programs, which they're all well and good. There's a lot of theoretical lessons and advice, but going and taking that to the real world is, is very different. And for a lot of leaders, they fail to really understand their employees. And it really comes down to employee identity. And I feel like for a long time, organizations have really missed what that means, how to, to engage employees in understanding their identity. And there was a, there's a book that came out last year, Nine Lines About Work, written by uh, Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall, which if, if, you, if your listeners have not read that book, I highly recommend that book because the very first chapter really highlights this um, issue and talking about employees don't care about the organization as much as they care about the team that they're on. When people are looking for a new job, as a lot of people have been in that situation this year, you know, they're excited for maybe the first 90 to 180 days of being employed by that organization. But after that time has ended, it really matters on what the team environment is. And as for a leader, if you really want to cultivate a great team environment, you need to help understand, uh, help your, your team understand who they are in, in terms of, there's kind of like this five um, pillars mm -hmm. or, or a five, right. imagine, imagine a, a five-step pyramid. And so uh, a lot of organizations will look at it upside down. And so how, the way they look at it is for an employee, they look, well, how competent are you? What do you, what do you do well? What's your purpose? What are you, what are you doing here? Um, you know, who wants you, you know, your belonging, your, your identity, you know, who, you know exactly. who, are you, who are you? And then, you know, who do you trust your security? But because we look at it upside down, we're, we're missing a huge piece of engaging those employees. It needs to be flipped the other way around because for employees in particularly Millennial and Gen Z employees, where this is much more emphasized, is for them to feel like they're 
welcomed in a place and want to be a part of it, they, their very first need is that security blanket. Who do I trust? And once they understand who I trust, then they can develop their identity to say, who am I? And once I understand my identity, then I have a place to belong. Who wants me? And once I have a place to belong, I understand my purpose. You know, what am I doing here? And because I have a purpose, I have competence. What do I do well? Yeah, I think that, I mean, you are really onto something because, you know, I, I feel like gone are the days where we can have leaders that just are thinking, well, this isn't something that I have to think about. I mean, you know, I remember whenever the term, even transformational leadership was more so introduced and now, you know, every, every leader was, I'm a transformational leader, but, but, and then you think leading by quotes and you know, things of that nature. And there's, there's much more to that. And there's this level of authenticity that you have to have as a leader. And you can't just be the surface of, of that anymore. And, and that's really also what you're digging into and speaking about. Absolutely. And I, and I love the fact that you brought up the word authenticity, you know, the, the authentic. To be a modern leader requires authenticity, um, especially for engaging younger generations uh, of employees. They're looking for that authentic or, or real, as <laughs> they will use the term, which I say they, I, I'm a millennial. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, but, but having authenticity, be, feeling that connection, people feel greater connection when they have a, an engaged moment with one another, when they see emotion um, as leaders, you, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be authentic around your team. If you really want them to see how much you really care exactly. for them and and care for them more than just what they bring to the table in the workplace, care about what they do outside the workplace. Because if you can get, engage them on, you know, what, what's important to them, and it could be something completely different than, you know, what, what goes on in your workplace. But if you show that you care about who they are as a whole person, because they're bringing their whole person to work, everything, the good, the bad, the ugly are coming to the workplace. And if you can't engage them as a whole, you're not going to engage them at all. I, yeah. And, you know, part of I've been doing several presentations recently and, you know, usually HR best practices for master remote work or, and, and some others in regards to remote workplaces. And one thing at the very beginning that I talk about is what companies do today in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of a crisis will impact tomorrow. You know, I predict that there's going to be, you know, five years from now, there's going to be a question in an interview that says, and this is going to be the candidate asking this, it's what, how did you handle the pandemic? How did you handle the crisis? What did you do for your employee base or how was your company changed? So, I mean, yes, you want to take care of those employees today, of course, and retain and engage and, and motivate that sort of thing. But what you do today really is an impact to, you know, years down the line. I wholeheartedly agree. And not just what you do for employees that, you know, during the midst of this, but for companies that had to go through reduction in force and let people go, how you handle that speaks Absolutely. volumes to not only the people who were left behind, but to what people think about your organization. I've talked to a number of, of people who have been laid off this year and, and asked them like, okay, well, how did, how did your organization handle that? 
you know, what, what would you say of that experience? So there's, you know, not that it's a great experience, but some people had better stories than others. Others were like, look, my boss just said, hey, you're done. See you later. Walked out the door, gave me a severance check. And that was the last I ever heard of them. I'm like, that's horrible. Yeah. That's um, and, and then I had heard stories of others where like their boss was literally in tears having to let them go. But then saying like, hey, whatever I you need for me to help you find, you know, your next job. If there's somebody in my network that I can connect you with, if you get a, uh, an interview and you need a, a letter of recommendation, like whatever it is, you know, reach out to me, you know, you have, don't feel like this is the end of our relationship. I want to see you be successful. I wish we could, you know, have kept you here, but I want what's best for you. And, and that speaks volumes to people. And, and when they reflect back on, on organizations, say, Hey, what was it like working there? You know, well, my, my leaders cared about me. They cared, you know, even when we went through something tragic like this, they really didn't care about me. They wanted to see me be my best. And so it, for, for, for organizations, you know, five years from now, that question, like if a candidate asked me that question, Hey, what did, what did your organization do? And my response is we did nothing. If I was at Canada, I would get up and walk out. Oh, yeah. And if that even takes you off guard, right? Like, if you're not as the leader and executive that's able to answer that question, then I'd be concerned. And I think that that says a lot about the organization, a lot about the culture. And speaking of culture, aren't you releasing a book? Crafting I, Culture, right? Tell us yes, about Yes. So Crafting Culture. So... That kind of came, which is funny how that all came to be, because I hate writing, um, <laughs> and which is which is actually how I, I got into podcasting. A, a good friend of mine's like he's a, he's a blogger, and he eventually launched a podcast after I launched mine. But I was like, I'm never gonna write. I'm never gonna write. And halfway through, I had just finished my 25th uh, podcast, and I was talking with some good friends who um, they they just had a book come out. And, this month called The Purpose Factor, Brian and Gabrielle Boucher, which is another amazing book. Nice. Um, that it has a it has a great workbook that goes with it, a journal. In fact, I've I've actually bought that book for everybody who is coming onto my team as part of their their journey working with me. And uh, but crafting culture was it's like, okay, I kind of want to write a book, but I'm not really sure how to go about it. I had a conversation with a couple of uh, author friends of mine um, said, hey, I think about writing a book. What advice do you have? And one particular author, Chris Widener, um, who had worked with Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and, and uh, John Maxwell, he's like, write your book as a fiction. Don't do another, heck, here's the seven pillars. Like, those are great books, but <laughs> right. nobody's really going to remember those. He said, write as a fiction. People love stories. And uh, I like, okay, that's good advice. And another friend of mine, Tony Britwell, who's a chief people officer at uh, Ryan, uh, headquartered in Dallas, wrote a book earlier this year called Saturday Morning Tea, How the Power of Story Changes Everything. And it's it's a fiction. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this book um, as a fiction. And so it follows um, the story of a, of a young leader named Jack who was laid off from his company. And as he is processing his newfound status, trying to think through like, well, I thought this was the place that I was going to spend my whole career at. Like, it seemed like a great place, but just things 
didn't add up. Things didn't go well. And so as he's processing it, he's at his local um, hometown brewery and strikes up a conversation with the brewery owner who is um, named is Wally. Wally is a former um, Fortune 500 CEO who this is his retirement passion project. And as Jack and Wally have this conversation about where is he going to, what's he going to do next? Wally, um, you know, starts engaging him in conversation about, well, what is it that you're looking for in terms of the next organization and what, you know, what type of leaders, what type of culture um, do you want to be a part of? And so as Jack is answering these questions, Wally begins sharing stories and how to craft culture using the analogy of the brewing process. Just as if you were to brew beer and the many different styles of beer, there is a very similar process to developing leaders, developing teams, developing cultures. And so it's kind of this story uh, um, of yes, beer well, and culture. <laughs> hey, listen, we're not going to judge that. So even though our team's 100% remote when we do come to our office we do have beer and wine on tap so we are hr professionals that believe in a balance okay you know i so i hosted uh because I, I also host a, a hr conference out here in west texas and uh-huh. last year was our was our very first one and and i had partnered with the texas workforce commission um in getting this thing off the ground for our first year and so they handed handled the first day of speakers and sessions and we walked out of that and I'm looking around at, at the 500 plus people who were there and it was like, people were just dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So next year when we do this on our own, we're going to have a happy hour. I need to get some alcohol into these people, liven them up, make it a lot more fun. And, exactly. uh, and so even though we didn't get to be in person this year, we had a, a virtual conference next year. We're going to return um, back to in-person and we already got, you know, a happy hour lined up. I've got some musicians lined up for to play um, during the event and like HR people need a drink every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can that be the, the topic? HR people need a drink every once in a while. <laughs> I, mean, <yeah. laughs> I think, I mean, that'd be a great, great presentation topic. Like, Hey, Join me for happy hour. We're going to drink. We're going to, and then you're going to learn while we're drinking and have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to this at all. So I, I want to, I mean, there, I really could talk to you all day and for hours. I feel like I hope you take this as a complete compliment. It's like talking to myself. And so <laughs> I really, I enjoy our conversation and I, I definitely want to have you back for our, our listeners, but I just, you know, if our listeners are, are right now hearing this this podcast and wanting to learn more about you, more about how they can get in touch with you, where would they go? What would they do? So easiest way to find me, um, I'm on social media all the time. You can go just Kevin underscore C underscore Dawson is my social media handle just about on everything. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, feel free to connect there. You can you know check out the the Leaders and Loggers podcast, which is available on all the major streaming sites. And it's also got um, social media pages. And for beer drinkers, we're also on the Untapped app. Um, <laughs> and you get that little bit of, of beer review um, on the different beers that we're drinking each week on our podcast. Um, they can go to leadersandloggers.com. Uh, in fact, we're getting ready to do a big revamp on that. But um, or you can just email me at kevin at leadersandloggers.com. Um, and, uh, whether you want to connect with me, um, I, 
now is the time as I'm starting to plan out 2021 of doing um, executive retreats and workshops and conferences. Um, so, you know, if you, if you have a listener who's looking for a speaker to bring in their organization, um, I can come in person or can do a virtual. Um, I am not opposed to either one. I do love to travel. I'm not, uh, like I miss getting on airplanes that has oh, been, like, I know. I, um, like I have a bag of Southwest airlines peanuts sitting here on my desk. Um, <laughs> just to remind you, just to remind me, like, uh, I need to get back on an airplane so badly. And, and, and for our listeners, I really love the topics that you also kind of present on and talk to leaders and executives about, do you have wake up from your dream and live? Your purpose, building for the future leadership and culture, and in several others. I also like, I think this is fascinating, the new frontier of business ethics. Uh, that's a topic that we may need to, to broach on our next episode, but that's going to be something that I think is going to be fire for um, 2021. Oh, yeah. it's That's a fun, very fun conversation. People think, well, ethics, that seems so you know legal and compliance related. No, it's not. It's really not. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to learn more, please reach out to Kevin. All of his information is going to be distributed all over our social media channels within the podcast description as well. And I'm, I'm so excited just to continue on this conversation. I can't get enough of this guy. So definitely get in touch. And um, remember, go to willishr.com. We're outsourced HR consulting business coach and for small businesses and nonprofits. So be sure to also subscribe. We have HR Essentials. That means unlimited documents, guides, and forms. And that's for, man, all your HR needs. So tune in. Can't wait to continue this conversation. And thank you so much for being here, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me.